Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. This is the Hour Time Show, the show by Watch Geeks for Watch Geeks. I'm Victor, and joining me is... Nicholas DeLeon. Woo! How's that for some energy? I like it. I like it a lot. John, our dear friend, is not feeling well today, so he will not be joining us. He regrets. He, he is very regretful, but yeah. we send him our best, uh, best wishes, I suppose. You suppose? Yeah. He's not, if, he's not going to You don't? <laughs> I'm a well-wisher, I like most said. Yeah. I suppose. Yeah. Okay. So what are you wearing? What do you got on your wrist? Wrist check. Well, we talked a lot about Citizen last week, and all this week, including today, I am wearing the Citizen Chandler. Uh, it is a field watch, EcoDrive, which is their solar-powered uh, movement. It's a little big, 43 millimeters. Uh, it just about works on my wrist. Uh, nothing. It's it's a cr- it's a chrono kinda. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's it has more like the a registers. calendar. It's a calendar. Yeah. It's got the registers and uh, 369, uh, a day, date, and okay. uh, like the, the 24-hour time. Yeah. It, it's more an aesthetic. I, it, I like this kind of field watch aesthetic, and it definitely ticks those boxes. Uh, so I've been wearing that all week. I'm impressed that you've worn this all week. Many people like change every day, but to the commitment, the, the devotion that you've shown to wear a watch all week is yes. impressive. Well, you know, I, I typically try to match both with my clothes. I'm also very weather, uh, weather in, uh, influenced. Not that I'm going outside much, uh, but like, I feel like you can't wear a, you know, a, a dive watch, like a, like a sub esque dive watch on like a bright sunny day in May. To me, Nonsense. that's silly. Live. You got to wear something like the, like this field watch. So I am slightly weather and it was funny in New York. It was like, Terrible weather all this week, and yet I persevered. I, I wore the uh, wore this little field watch. Uh, yeah, I, I like it a lot. Not too much. I think I paid uh, probably around two hundred dollars, uh, a little more than a year ago on Amazon. Uh, it, it it doesn't do anything special. It's just a kind of neat looking field watch. It's got some red accents. Uh, Eco Drive, which I uh, I like a lot actually. Yeah. I, I don't mind the uh, solar powered. Uh, you know, it, it's kind of ticks that kind of like nerd itch or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so I like it. So the first problem with with that I have with this is is that they've named this thing Chandler because this is a a BU two zero five five dash zero eight X, and yes. the problem is that Citizen has about twenty different watches all named Chandler. They do, and they look and not a one of alike. them. <laughs> not a one of them. Oh, it's it's so frustrating. It's hey, that's a funny. cool watch. What is it? It's a Citizen Chandler. Great, I'll go buy one. And you go and buy no. You can't it's, possibly do one on just recommendation because they're all different. It's insanity. It is very silly. I don't know. This feels like a very basic like uh, marketing. Probably. Hey, we should probably name our things. You know, Toyota doesn't sell you know ten Camrys. They have names. Uh, <laughs> I'm looking at their site right now. I, I count just on this one page, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, uh, nine, uh, eight, uh, eight, nine, ten Chandlers. And they're all wildly different. There's, there's my field watch. They've got a couple, uh, they got that dressier that looking that models, that cagonal bezel thing. Yeah. It's yes. just, uh, I don't know. They've got some, uh, some, uh, Flieger type <sighs> things. They're literally any, any watch type that you could think of there. There's a Chandler for you, which, which is, 
I mean, it is what it is, what I suppose. But yes, it feels like uh, something that they should address. Mm. I have I have been on this rant for years, and they they understand it, they hear it, and they do nothing. And it's too bad because I think the watch, especially for the money, it, it is it is a very good watch in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have some of these some of these other Chandlers uh, I have, and they're also decent kind of you know entry level, okay. just getting into watches. Uh, but yeah, they're the naming is a little wacky. I I gotta take an issue with something you said though. All right, you listening. you said that it is inappropriate to wear a sub esque dive watch, reader words, on a sunny day. I would feel strange, yes. Even though I realize, in a way, that makes no sense because if you're in the middle of the ocean, you're going diving, it's or you're you know somewhere in the tropics. Odds are, it is a nice, bright, sunny day. I understand that. Do I do I me, have to it, wait for a rainy day in order for you to approve of my wearing a dive watch? Is I mean, that what it is? You don't you don't need my approval. I'm 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 no I'm no judge. Haven't, I'm, I'm haven't a, you seen that I only seek your approval? Isn't that what we do here? <laughs> don't please don't put that pressure on me. Uh, no, it, to me, it's like a, it's like a. An environment, an ambiance thing. It's like I, w- I would not wear a, uh, I don't know, like a dress watch in, I don't know, pajama pants or whatever. You know, you, I think you know what I'm saying. Rod to me, your horizons, like, man. <laughs> that is that is an argument. Uh, I, I mean, don't know. I've, I mean, if my if my Philippe uh, Patek is going to match my silk pajamas and my my smoking jacket, then I will damn well wear the watch in pajamas. And I have no. Pro- I I I wish I I hope you live you, a nice you and happy to life. To that life, you, yes. You, you do you, as the kids say, <laughs> vibing, as the kids say, whatever whatever that the kids say that I hear about secondhand. Yeah, I agree with. Yeah, I, I this Chandler thing. I I mean, I'm not offended at all that it's a calendar watch instead of a, a chronograph. John uh, probably dislikes I, that, but uh, well, he's not here today. I mean the the. <sighs> It's the look. It, it it's, looks, it's a thing. It, yeah, it's an aesthetic. It definitely is that. I mean, it's got red minute hand and red 24-hour hand. It sure does. <laughs> so that you can be sure to know exactly when the minutes are. And I, it's definitely, I do not have, you know, I, have, I feel like I have a handful of divers that all vaguely resemble each other mm-hmm. really nothing yeah. i guess i have the hamilton khaki that kind of yeah i mean it's not it's not a chrono type well thing. and uh, among hamilton there are like 10 different khakis there's the khaki there's the king khaki there's the, the khaki field diver there's... with the white uh and i do believe that watch not not to uh not to go off track, but I believe the Hamilton Khaki Field Mechanical made an appearance at the beginning of the Sonic the Hedgehog movie. I don't know if folks have seen you that know, movie. You I know what not. other movie was a big Hamilton movie, right? The <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, Interstellar. Yes. Yeah, all of his, uh, or at least. Is that the same Tenet guy? Had a, uh, I think Tennant had a Wait, is that Hamilton. the same dude? Is Sonic the same same director for Sonic no, as no, no, for no, Interstellar? No, no, no. A, no it was. Uh, I don't believe so. I don't know what the connect the connection was. Uh, it was the cop. I didn't see the movie. I uh, I scrubbed through it. Let's say in my uh, <laughs> my version that I acquired. Uh, oh. And the first scene uh, where I guess Sonic kind of runs by like a, a, a car pulled over to the side of the road. Whoever the cop is, his name escapes me. He's wearing the exact model that I have with the green uh, NATO strap and the white dial. Uh, mm-hmm. Is what it looked like to me. Very uh, nice. Maybe I'll get to take a screenshot and put it in the, Do in the old show notes. Now, now so we people got, don't think I'm a silly goose. We got reader email. <laughs> wow, what? If you can imagine, we got we got reader email, and well, that's wonderful. the The email was 
about buying a citizen, which is why it's relevant. Interesting. All right. It begins, good day to you, sir. And I'm not making that up. Uh, yes, I'm looking at it now. The, the good. gentleman's name begins with an R. I don't yes. want to dox this No, guy, no, but. no. We're not doing that. But good day to you. I am thinking of buying this. This is in PMD 2651 Radio Wave EcoDrive Fully Titanium. And he has questions. And the questions are, okay, so you have this Japanese market only radio watch. I have one of those as well, actually. How, how do you set yours? Uh, I don't. It sits, it sits in the uh, – I did it once. I, I, I managed to do it once. Uh, it is it is their sub-brand. Uh, what was there? They had like a youth-oriented brand. Independent. I'll, I'll also to show – put a picture in the show notes. Yeah, but yeah it is. It's set for uh, Japan uh, radio-controlled. I, ha- I manually set it once, mm-hmm. and then it, it's also uh, EcoDrive. The battery yeah. died. Uh, and I could not reset it. And the manual, I tried with Google uh, Translate. I asked my brother who uh, actually lives and works in Japan uh, to give me tips on the manual. Uh, but I could not get this thing to set. So I was just like, you know what? Never to mind. Not meant to be. Yeah. So the the big tip that we got here was that if you buy a Japanese market radio wave watch, and it's an EcoDrive watch. So first of all, you need to charge it, right? You obviously have to put it in the, the window ledge to get some sun on it. Yes. And then use the Clockwave app. Clockwave. And use the Clockwave app. Tell the app to broadcast JJY and Japan time zone. Oh. And basically what happens when you do this is that the Clockwave app will broadcast that but use as its time source the iPhone app. So even though e- – even or the, the the telephone, so that even if it's broadcasting what it thinks is the Japanese time zone, yes, hmm, that it's sending what is the correct time for your time zone based on your phone's clock. Gotcha. Okay. Which is a very roundabout way, but that that is how for two dollars you can set your weird Japanese domestic market citizen radio watch. Yes, I didn't know that is a. See? I like that tip a lot, actually. Thank you. <laughs> We've been you've, useful you've, for once. You've saved this watch. <laughs> and it's, kind of, it's kind of a fun. Surprise me. Tell me it's a field watch. No, it is. I don't even know. Ah. I don't even know how you would describe <laughs> this thing. Uh, it looks va- very vaguely futuristic. I bought it a little, little more than a year ago, probably winter 2020, right before all this uh, hmm. fun Madness, stuff happened. Yeah. All right. Well, will you look for that? Yes. Go ahead, I'm, yes. I'm going to keep going because I have, I have another idea. Okay. And the other idea is also playing off your, your restriction on when I may wear a watch. <laughs> Fair enough. You know, you, you said that I should not wear a sub-esque watch on a bright, sunny day. Well, I, I felt I would feel I'm, a little... I'm springboarding off it. Let me use it. Fair enough. <laughs> These were the words. So, in which case, when, when is it appropriate for me to wear a watch that has been to space? I feel like I'm being a... I gotta go to. I here. gotta go to space here. Is that the case? <laughs> I I feel like that's what you want me to say. <laughs> uh, I don't know if you're going to space anytime soon. That sounds fun, but I take your point. I think I take your point. All right. So I just wanted to do a quick historical overview of watches, watches in, space. in space because you know we we commonly think of the Speedmaster as being the space watch. Yes. And, and Omega happily tell us that it is the first watch on the moon, right? They, they want they? us to know <laughs> all the time. And do they mention that? And that? Never. Not in any marketing collateral ever have they ever said a word on it, right? Never mind plastering it on the back of the watch and all that stuff that they do. And, and we know that 
when NASA was selecting the first watches to issue, they they went to a local jewelry store in Texas and they bought some watches and they came back and they dropped them in the pool and saw how they did, right? Yes. And and basically they the results of the test were that the Rolex Daytona was a complete failure that they waterlogged on their first try. Yes, famous uh, famous watch story, <laughs> yes. Right. Yeah. You you know, they they're they're very proud Rolex, but they they waterlogged. They got crystal fogged and everything. And so the Omega went to space. But Omega has not been the only watch to go to space. And, you know, we, we think a little bit about how there are watches that people have, have taken aboard privately. Like there was a Seiko in the 80s that went aboard uh, Columbia, I think. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. But uh, originally, you had to have your watch approved, right? They had, NASA had to know about it. They had to approve it. They had to say that it was okay for space and all of this. And the these uh, Speedmasters weren't astronaut property. They were NASA property at first. Hmm. But since that time, things have gotten a little loose. They got a little lax on the rules. Hmm. So, for example, th- for a while, the, the American space program didn't have a launch vehicle. You know, we just decommissioned all the shuttles and we didn't have our own launch vehicle. And so uh, we were using the Soyuz. So in 2018 – uh, Serena Anand Chancellor was flight engineer on ISS Expedition 56 and 57, and she was up in space for like 196 days. And she wore a Seamaster with a titanium case accented with red gold. That's, uh, I mean, that's neat. What a wild watch, right? I mean, you don't even see that red gold Seamaster titanium thing. Anyway, that's not even in their lineup, really. I mean, it's it's there, but you don't find it a lot. It kind of doesn't even ring a bell, actually. I'm, I'm sure I've seen it yeah. uh, at some point. Yeah, Mark Kelly, who went up on the, uh, the I think, the first SpaceX flight to carry passengers, yes. to carry crew, um, STS-124, had a planet ocean that he wore. Okay, so we've got Seamasters in space. You know, uh, there, there are people who've brought, gone up with their own personal Omega Speedmasters. Uh, Rolex did make it into space a couple of times. There's GMT Master and GMT Masters 2 that went up in the 90s on astronauts Lloyd Blaine Hammond and Leroy Chow. They were their personal examples up there. There were uh, three missions for Chow and two for Hammond. There's been a Sin in space. You know, the German watch? Yes. Yeah. So uh, a Sin 140S chronograph went up on Space Shuttle Challenger, STS-61A. That's neat. Yeah, it is. I like I like uh, the international flavor. Has uh-huh. an Apple Watch been in space yet? Are I they even allowed? Don't, well, I don't is that a dumb know question? that. Does- well, so first of all, an Apple Watch. I mean, that's a an Apple Watch needs some form of Wi-Fi. Yes. Yeah. I yeah, mean, not I'm not necessarily now. needs, but it, it's useful to have, right? Um, you could certainly use its chronograph functions in space. Yeah. You could certainly use its health tracking functions in space. It wants to have a phone to talk to. It's, yeah. it's not fully independent of the phone. No. And there's also the charging aspects where you're now needing five volts, two amps to charge your phone and charge your Apple Watch. And power is kind of at a premium, right? Your batteries and solar power from the space station. I think an eco drive would make a lot more sense in space than an Apple Watch, if you ask me. I think we should get jobs at Citizen Marketing. I mean, Sounds having like solar power, you yes. are in space. You have a yes. view of the sun. Doesn't it make sense to have an eco drive? And never mind that. Eco drive are very long lived on power source. You can run like nine months in oh, the yeah. dark without yeah, having I've, a charge. I've had, uh, you know, I've, I guess like I said, I've got a couple here and, you know, so they'll spend months in their drawer. I don't really wear them. And you, you take them out and they're still ticking. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, these are neat little, uh, what, neat what, little watches. If you're listening to this 
and you're an astronaut. No, but seriously, if you're listening to this, what watch would you wear in space? Like, what would you take? It's got to be the ultimate. I know, I know the kids looking for clout and so forth these Meh. days. It's got to be the ultimate, like Instagram, like, look at my cool watch in space, folks. No, no, think, no. Uh, but I mean, like, think about this in terms of if not just what's my Instagram clout, but also like, that's what all is, I think about. What is the, I know you do. What is the <laughs> appropriate watch for a space trip, right? What's going to have charge? That's a good question. What's, yeah. what's going to work reliably? What's going to be able to withstand pressure? You know, they, these are the questions. That, that you have to probably think about a little bit. Maybe now, a solar-powered G-Shock might, might be in the conversation. It could be. It could be. Now, we're, we've been talking about the recent space flights, the 90s, the 2000s and stuff, but there were early days where there were other watches used. The Accutron astronaut was used by Gordo Cooper on the, the Mercury Faith 7 mission in 1963 and the Gemini 5 mission in 65, or Gemini. Uh, Verge Grissom and John Young, Gemini 3, and and Norman Tegard, uh, Space Shuttle Challenger STS-7 in 83, used that bowl of Accutron. The, the watch was introduced in 1960, and by 61, all X-15 test pilots and the Mercury 7 astronauts were issued the Accutron GMT. And they renamed that the Astronaut because Bolov is like that. Sure. And the reason that they chose that was because it was that tuning fork movement that could ex- withstand a lot of harsh environment. Yeah. Uh, the Glycine Airman was worn by Pete Conrad in Gemini 5 in August of 65, and again on Gemini 11. And because the Gemini 11 had that open cockpit design of the capsule, the Glycine Airman was exposed to outer space for two hours and 41 minutes on a spacewalk. So you could say that the Glycine Airman was actually the first automatic wristwatch flown in and exposed to outer space. I mean, yeah, sounds like. And then, of course, they're now owned by Invicta, which is a, a dirty name in many of the watch world. But Yeah, a lot of folks hate on Invicta. <sighs> and, and for... So Invicta used to be a long time ago, a decent name. And along the way, they got bought up and became a fashion watch. And they they tend to be garish. They tend to be oversized. They tend to splash their brand name everywhere on the watch, including the side of the case. Um, Oh, it's it's horrendous. But there is a modern community that likes buying up some of them that look like that sub-esque watch. The, yeah, uh, the 8926OB sure. Invicta, for example, and taking a file and filing down the side of the watch to get rid of the Invicta brand name and change the dial. And you've got a perfectly competent Seiko-powered sub-watch. Uh, yeah, I could see that. Yeah, John hates it because it was just uh, not well, as yeah. quality as he liked because the bezel was was a little bit uh, imprecise in its click and so forth. It's also like $80, John. What are you <laughs> Exactly. At 50 like bucks on Amazon's uh, lightning deals kind of thing. Oh, interesting. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. It's a great little watch. That'd be a fun story. I, I know there were watches for last year's, what's it called? Prime Day? Yeah, I, yeah. I uh, get the Prime deals ahead of time because of my day job. And I was browsing uh, and they had some watches. Uh, I didn't buy any because they weren't to my to my taste. Uh, mm. But they usually put some watches on sale for Prime Day. So that's a, a pro tip, as the kids might say. Yeah. Well, I keep saying that this episode, as the kids say. As the kids say and pro tip. Oh, I had, had a couple of those. This morning, I'm a little loopy. So <sighs> you got to get that chip calibrated, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, now that I have the microphone. <laughs> Where do I go to get, you get my? A, uh, you get the Clockwave app, and then <laughs> yes, oh boy, and the radio waves. That your chip, yeah, okay, cool. Of course, I didn't even tell you what watch I'm wearing. Uh, that is correct. What are you wearing? I am wearing a Explorer One, thirty-six millimeter. 
How are you liking it? What is the occasion? Why? The occasion is speaking with you. No, it's a it's a tasteful watch. You know, I I put it on because I was thinking about what watch would be the ideal watch for John under his weight loss scenario. Yes. And I I tried it because I thought, you know, let's see how this fits and feels. And it's a great watch. It's a lovable watch, but and it's the watch the size that that Rolex has gone back to. Right. They yeah, discontinued yeah, yeah. the 39 millimeter, but it's the darndest thing. I put it on and it just feels a little small. And, and my wife looks at it and says, why are you wearing a women's watch? Oh, wow. Well, there you go. 36. So, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. And it's not like I have a big wrist. I do not. Yeah. No, even, even me, I, I feel like 36 would be, you know, a little small in the other direction. You know, it's like, I, yeah. I feel like my kind of like Goldilocks zone has got to be 38, 39, 40, 41. There, thereabouts. Yep. That's kind of like, Boom! That's the sweet spot. Thirty-six. Uh, I don't know that I have a thirty-six in uh, inch uh, millimeter yeah. handy, but yeah. that does off, that does feel slightly small. Yes. Well, you know, I hadn't worn it in a long time, and I put it on to try, and and it, it tells me that what I really need to do is make is is a thirty-eight, and so I've got a thirty-eight millimeter case, and I'm buying up parts, and I'm going to assemble something. I see. All right. Well, there you go. I'm going to make a thirty-eight millimeter watch, and it's going to make me happy. Well, that makes me happy then. So. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Brilliant. So, yeah, I mean, we've talked about Bolova. We've talked about Glycine Airman. You know, the Glycine Airman thing, it's 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 weird because it's one of those watches that was super, super legitimate. Like, it was one of those things that John would have totally approved of. And I think he owns one even. And they they just don't pop up on my uh, – my scale anymore. Oh, you know what else? There was a, uh, I, I found another instance. There was an O&W watch, the Olek and Watch. Yes. Yeah. Or uh, and Weiss you mentioned watch. them recently. I've mentioned them before. So there was a Welsh astronaut who was at NASA who trained. He never flew. He never okay. went up to, to up in space, but he wore one of the O&W watches back in that the day. That is cool. I'm trying to, what would be like the, that sounds very hip, not hipster. Uh, mm. What's like the most unique watch that has so far been brought? Someone's got some, some, uh, oh, know, some old. This, no, this, this will totally trip you up. So, what do you think the most expensive watch is that has ever been in space? Uh, I'm going to think the opposite and say something, something more modest. Uh, I feel like I'm being led <laughs> down to say, like, oh, it was uh, an AP, you know, whatever. I, I don't know. Something modest is my, my half guess. Your half guess. All right. So, you were correct in, in where yes. you were being led. Thank you. Yeah. It was, in fact, an AP. Wow. Look at that. So in, in, in 2009, Cirque du Soleil CEO Guy La Liberté took up his AP on Soyuz TMA-16 for the space station. It is, it is without a doubt, right? It has to be. Yeah. The watch with the highest retail price to have ever been worn in space. That's a good uh, pub trivia question. Yeah. I mean. That ever comes back. It's it's not. I mean, he paid like thirty five million dollars for the ten day trip. If I had, if you have that a, amount of money, if you I have would. like thirty five mil to just say, okay, sure, man, ten days in space, I'm in. Yeah, um, you you can take an AP with you. Presumably, he does. His net worth isn't like thirty seven million dollars, <laughs> and he spent it all on this one trip. Is he's got well, now, money? Wait a minute. For that. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I don't know. If your net worth is thirty seven and you spent thirty five on the trip, that leaves you with a cool two mil net worth. That feels. I feel like you wouldn't have that much money if that's how you spend your money. I think you're right. <laughs> I think you're I'm right. I'm going to spend 99% yeah. of my uh, wealth on this one thing. That doesn't mm, feel no. like something. 
you like that, that happens. That, that has to be uh, an end of life decision. I am I am yeah. going up because this is the last good thing I'm ever going to do. <laughs> That's like if you found like a twenty dollar bill on the, on the you know side of the wall. It's like all right, I'm spending. I'm going to get some some soda. I'm going to get some chips. I'm spending this immediately. That's yeah. that's what that sounds like. Not <laughs> I'm going to space type uh, transactions. But yeah, I would definitely, if I had that amount of money, yes, that is the type of thing I would spend it on. It's trips to space with APs on. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's or Instagram awesome. cloud. Yeah, well, both. I mean, if you're going into space with a $35 million ticket, you kind of already have Instagram cloud. You got to put the cherry on top. You got to really stunt. You got to photograph it nicely yeah. out the the window of the space station. Because then you get you know you get the watch guys upset at you. Look at this jerk in space with. <laughs> then you get the people calling you out for a fake watch. Look at this jerk in space with the fake yeah. watch. <laughs> that that would actually be even even funnier to go oh, up there with like some Instagram. Like a, yeah, God. it's a fine platform for uh, making other people jealous. I guess I don't know. Isn't that what it's for? I think you've hit the nail on the head. I think that's the uh, business model to you, jealousy, monetizing jealousy, which is fine. Whatever. I mean, that's that's yeah. marketing. That's yeah. advertising. That is, you know, all right, madmen. I guess definitely. So, if you can think of what you would wear into space, please let us know. Email tips at wristwatchreview dot com, and we will talk about it all next week. This has been the Hour Time Show by Watch Geeks for Watch Geeks. I'm Victor Marks, and I am Nicholas DeLeon. We'll be back next week. Thank you for listening to The Hour Time Show, the official podcast of wristwatchreview.com. Feel free to email us at tips at wristwatchreview.com with your feedback and suggestions. And please be sure to visit wristwatchreview.com and wristwatchreview on Instagram for more fun watch content. Have a nice day.